is the podcast where four therapists, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting-edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a clinical psychologist in Pasadena, California. And I am Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from the Vancouver, Canada area. And I am Joanna Boyd, registered clinical counselor from the Vancouver area as well. I'm Chris Boyd, a psychotherapist from the Vancouver area, and Joanna's brother. Hooray! Hey, we got the whole the old crew back together again, huh? It's true. Here we I, are. Uh, I hear that my replacement uh, did very well he last did. week. Yeah, so. he, did, he did okay, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, their plan to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's one Boyd too many in this uh, team here. No, kidding. No, Joe, we're happy to have you back. But your dad did. Uh, he stood in pretty well. Gave a really nice grief talk, and we learned a lot. It's yeah. great. Good. Yeah, he had some great questions and flushed out some ideas. He did. Uh, yeah, it was great. And we hope you enjoyed your time away. I did. Yes, it was very nice. Got a lot of outside time and just took it easy. It was really good. Great. Yeah. Spent a lot of time listening to previous episodes of the Mental Health Bootcamp podcast. Available of course. On Spotify and Podbean and Apple, I'm sure. Yep, exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you did. Yes. Well, speaking of my favorite podcast, ours, we have a new surprise, a surprise new feature we're going to be uh, unveiling here tonight. Aren't you lucky to be listening? Because there's a special new thing that we're going to be sharing with you. So. Is that my, I'll jump in? I'll just, I'll, t I'll, t I'll just, I'll give the title of it and then you can describe it a little bit. It is called the Mental Health Bootcamp Podcast Book Club. One of the longest titles in the world, but what would the acronym be? MHBC. BC. Uh, P. -B yeah, M. MHBC. PBC. Of course, uh, yes. We add uh, of awesomeness at the end. Right, or from the USA and BC. Right. We'll just put all that in there. Uh, so, uh, so yes, we're we're gonna do a little book club action. We're gonna read a book, and we're gonna talk about it. Brooke, did you have some more to share on this? All right, I think you just covered it. Uh, but no, I'll explain a bit more. So after we did the resources podcast, uh, we debriefed after and thought it would be good to all read a book together, um, and then talk about that book. On we're gonna do that three weeks from now. So the 29th, that yes. episode will be a, like a book club review. So uh, together we picked a book, no one's read it yet. And it is, Joanna's holding it up for people viewing and I'll read it out to you. So the book title is called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in, sometimes, in a Sometimes Lonely World. And the author is Vivek Murphy. Um, so yeah, none of us have read this quite yet. We'll all read it over the next few weeks. And on the 29th, we'll discuss, we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, um, who it might be 
good for like clinicians or clients or if there's a certain I don't know demographic we think would fit really well with it takeaway points we'll give it some ratings that kind of stuff and then we'll uh, pick a new book yes that's perfect and I'll say if if the listeners would like to if you feel like reading along please feel free to pick up a copy go to your library or download a copy or whatever. I'm personally going to be listening to mine on Audible um, as I go for jogs and things like that. It's kind of an easy way to consume some content. Um, But yes, we'd love for you to join up with us. And maybe even if if you have some questions that you'd like us to address uh, during our special book club podcast on the 29th, then you can get us an email, uh, shoot us an email at info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. I think it's going to be great. I really like book club. I do too. I've been a, been a part of just a couple and it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of share some ideas, but I know some people are like, like constant book club folks. Have you, is that you Brooke? You've always been a book um, clubber. I only have one book club that we started January of 2020. Okay. I think was our first one and um, perfect timing for COVID. But yeah, just some friends and uh, in that group, I think there's six of us and a few of them are quite avid readers. So we read a variety of different types of books. Um, it's great. Yeah. Do you usually go through one a month or so? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do one a month, it's good. which is a perfect amount, I think. Yes. Yeah, the beauty of book club, it seems, is that uh, leads to some great connection. Like, I'm curious, Brooke, with your book club, how often or how much time do you allocate to the actual book itself versus catching up and talking about stories and stuff? That's true. So uh, having the six of us and I think three or four of them are moms of children, say, under the age of maybe seven might be the oldest. Uh, So four moms and then, yeah, I think they have maybe two kids each and then the oldest in that anyway so that this is definitely social time for them and social time for all of us especially with covid so we end up meeting for three or three and a half hours sometimes four hours this is on zoom Mm. but we talk about the book for 40 minutes okay so we check in with everyone and everyone does their own little briefing and we have follow-up questions and Um, if something's going on and then we talk about the book and then we probably also spend about 30 minutes trying to pick the next book that's a big (laughs) portion of it but yeah on average I think four hours is a bit of a stretch but on average I would say we we meet for three hours and 40 minutes is talking about the book wow well we're probably not going to have a three-hour podcast in three weeks but uh but we will talk for 40 minutes about the book that's for sure exactly yeah um I got to, speaking of checking in on something, did I hear you say the word mum? Mum. Mum? As in, <laughs> as in, a, as in mother, right? Yeah. Is, is mom used up there very often or is it usually mum? It's a mix. Yeah. I think there's the M-O-M's like moms, moms. Yeah. I, I, mom. I grew up with the more the British, the M-U-M, mum. Mum, I love it. Mom. I mom. definitely equate mum with the British, and uh, and yes, there's a little bit of a little bit of the crown in you guys yet, isn't there? 
yeah. so I think not everyone it's not like yeah yeah it's not um yeah I have some people I know who you definitely sound like mom but I just yeah so I don't think it's a Canadian thing to use the British version I think it's because my mom was born in <laughs> her mom was born in the in England so yeah I call her oh. mother there you go mother her mumsy mumsy <laughs> ma I use ma yeah ah uh, yeah ah well that's cool all, all we really hear down here is mom or mom or mother or mommy for the younger crowd for the most part definitely m-o-m m-o-m yeah yeah the, the u is a is a rare makes a rare appearance in our mums Yes. So anyway, just had to, I had to throw that in there. It's a little interesting distinction. So again, the book is Together, and the author is Vivek Murphy. V Vivek Murphy. Murphy. Oh, Murphy. Yeah. M U R T H Y. Yes, Vivek H Murphy. Together. So looking forward to reading this. Haven't uh, started it yet, so we're all starting fresh. We may love it. We may really not like it, but it's it's gotten great reviews and it's been a bestseller. So I'm probably going to like it a bit. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. There was a book I read earlier this year that had great reviews that I did not like. Got a 4 uh, out of 10, but we'll see. Yes. Well, you're kind of a contrarian though, Brooke, you know, it takes a lot. You're kind of a stickler for these things. Like, yeah, you're not going to follow the crowd just because it's a bestseller. No, I'm not. All right. Well, we'll we'll put on our critical our critical hats and uh, see what we think of this book. All right, coming soon, three weeks from now. Well, that's exciting. It the is. Mental Health Bootcamp podcast always growing, always evolving, <laughs> always reaching new countries. Right, Colombia, Germany, there's a huge new. Uh, new additions to our, our listenership. So thank you very much, Columbia. And Danke, <laughs> Danke to Germany. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, I don't know Columbia. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the topic, shall we? Let's get to the ambush. Yeah. Where one of us knows the topic. Christopher knows the topic. And uh, why don't you just send it on down here to Mumsy, and we will... <laughs> Take it from there. On its way. Topic crossing the border right now. What do we got here? All right, Chris. Here we go. Toxic masculinity is a term that seems to be popping up more often these days. What is it? Can it be harm? How can it be harmful? And what can be done to help with it? Toxic masculinity. <laughs> okay. Well, this is this is kind of that's very topical. Fun, Fun and topical. Mm -hmm. And this is good. We got a we have a, a mixed mixed group here of uh, male identified people and female identified people. So we, uh, you know, may have some different perspectives, different ideas on this. So, all right, Chris. Okay. Okay. 
Do you have, yeah, is there a bit more to this on how you pick the topic or this is just my, how I delay things while I think about the topic? Please expand. <laughs> Tell me more, Chris. <laughs> Tell us sure. more. It is, <clears throat> as, as mentioned, it is something that's been popping up more often these days, but I think there's uh, some confusion in terms of what it is. I'm curious, Ryan mentioned obviously two males, two females, um, what everyone's take is on it. Um, I, I think it is different from um, misogyny, for instance, and and um, sexism. I think it's it's its own kind of uh, uh, term. Um, yeah, actually, Joanna and I too. It's actually very timely because uh, the, the principal at our old high school reached out to us um, about this, mentioning that um, they've had some concerns with male uh, toxic masculinity over the past while, especially uh, um, being exhibited online. So they're gonna do what they can to help support their students with it. So he asked if we can consult with us. So I'm like, what better way to research it than to mention it tonight? What better way? I can think of a few better ways, but this is a good start maybe. Get some various ideas on this, right? <laughs> no, I, I joke. Uh, masculinity is a, it's an area of interest of mine, like a research area of interest, actually. My dissertation Ooh. was on, on masculinity stuff. Um, and it was on, interestingly enough, my dissertation was on uh, men and men getting together in groups, like uh, getting together in, in like sports teams or like a poker group or a book club, maybe, or a Bible study or something like that. And and whether or not these groups were helpful or harmful to, to their mental health, specifically their capacity for intimacy, their self-esteem, and their views on masculinity. Do they hold traditional views of masculinity, kind of like tough guy, John Wayne sort of stuff, or more of a modern, uh, evolved view, mature view of masculinity, of, you know, more sensitive, more able to, to connect and use their, use their powers for good, basically. And... What I found through my, my study, not to just run through my dissertation, that's one of those boring things in the world, but what I found through my study was that actually men who were more engaged with, uh, with men's groups of one, one form or another uh, really did have higher self-esteem. They had a healthier view of masculinity, and they actually had a higher capacity for intimacy, which means that they were actually better, uh, more open to their partners, which is kind of, kind of a neat idea, right? So this that's just something that maybe maybe addressed actually in our book club book together and how you know isolation is uh, pretty detrimental for people, but that uh, you know being connected together is actually beneficial on a lot of different levels. So so this is like the my study was on like the healthy side of masculinity, how how men getting together with other men can actually help them open up and you know. Kind of overcome some shortcomings and uh, and kind of grow up in some ways, but that's not always what happens in, with masculinity. So the sure. idea of toxic masculinity, and I'm not I'm not sure of the origin of it, but I'm sure that's something that uh, that could be researched. You know, where did the first where did the term first emerge? But it's the idea of really men using their male identity and the. Uh, the power they have as males or as you know that's that's been either 
privilege to them or or something they took or assume as a male who may be maybe physically stronger or maybe more aggressive in some ways and to use those powers to uh to do harm to others right to and particularly to women to use their their masculinity to bully other people maybe other other men uh or boys uh and to uh to use it to be degrading <laughs> towards women uh or or minorities of any any variety uh other than the men themselves right and yeah. to use that in a very detrimental way so that's my understanding if you guys have a different view i'd love to hear it it's interesting i think the way you described it that almost sounds more like the whole idea of misogyny to me uh-huh um when it comes to toxic masculinity i, I see that as more of um, acting more um stereotypically masculine right so you mentioned like the john wayne version of masculinity uh, suppressing emotions or masking distress or maintaining the appearance or facade of toughness. Um, so I think there is power that can play a part in that, but um, yeah, that's kind of what, uh, what I kind of see it as. Do you see it? What, what's, what is toxic or, or who then is, uh, is being injured by the toxicity than in a toxic, from a toxic male? Your toxic masculinity. I think it can it can have a bit of a, a ripple effect. It can definitely send some um, some destructive messages out to, to to females, perhaps. I think for the men, they're kind of closed off emotionally. Um, you know, again, the toughness, the power, part of that. Um, yeah, it can, it can so yeah, I think that can manifest itself in terms of um, being degrading to women, perhaps, but. Um, based on, I didn't really look into it too much, but, um, based on my, what I kind of picked up on a lot of it is, um, uh, damaging to the male as well. Okay. All right. So, so even, hmm. yeah. So that could that be seen, Chris, the way you say it, if like a child has a, a parent who might be toxically masculine in terms of the hottie emotions or or really pushes the you know suck it up like you're a yeah. man boys will be boys like you gotta like yeah and that's kind of doing harm to maybe you know kids who are learning from that person or if there's a mentality on like a sports team that you have to act a certain way um and where does that cross the line of being harmful for sure. I think it's kind of adhering to some of those male stereotypes. I think we learn it as children at times um, to, yeah, you got to be tough. You can't be a wuss, you know, those types of terms um, kind of pop up, right? Um, don't show weakness, um, that kind of thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Brooke, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, right now, I'm listening. I think I, in my mind, like the term comes up so often, but I think I do get it all mixed up. Sometimes there's, I feel like in the past, I don't, I don't know how many years this has been going on, but definitely 10 years or so, there's been more and more awareness um, and more terms and just trying to really differentiate those terms for me right now, right? Like 
misogyny versus toxic masculinity and like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I see misogyny as more degrading, right? There's a, um, there's kind of a, a patriarchy and if anyone other thre ever threatens that, then it could be the, the nastiness that goes along with that, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but maybe we should uh, try to find some clear definitions of these working definitions, but. Okay, maybe we should. <clears throat> Toxic masculinity refers to traditional cultural masculine norms that can be harmful to men, women, and society overall. This concept of toxic masculinity does not condemn men or male attributes, but rather emphasizes the harmful effects of conformity to certain traditional masculine ideal, masculine ideal behaviors, such as dominance, self-reliance, and competition. Toxic masculinity is thus defined by adherence to traditional male gender roles that consequently st stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. It's marked by economic, political, and social expect expectations that men seek and achieve dominance, like the alpha male, All right? So this seems to kind of include, to, from my understanding, kind of includes both misogyny and, and what Chris is talking about, more of the kind of internalized emotions and holding things in. Mm -hmm. Acting um, a certain way, the toughness, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that so facade. It's, you got to be the dominant alpha male. Um, don't conform to what uh, what society wants you to be. Um, you know, embrace your inner alpha male, you know, okay. dominant strongman sort of idea. Right. So then uh, like. Is misogyny part of toxic masculinity? Like, is that kind of what we're saying? Like it would be um, almost a consequence of or a characteristic of in some ways, but not always. I, I would think so. Yeah, like an element of it, perhaps it, it can be present, but not always the case. I think that would be safe to say that. Mm -hmm. Can you have misogyny without toxic masculinity? Do you think I see mis going the other way? I see misogyny as more of like a philosophy or an ideology, right? Um, misogyny is like, like, like a, a society can be misogynistic or a corporation mm -hmm. could be misogynistic. You know, there's it has to do with underlying values true. and and uh, ideas that are that are held within that. That this is a you know a male dominant society would be misogynistic. I think toxic yeah. masculinity is more about a specific way that men are supposed to behave. Yeah. Act and behave. Yeah. 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 Like, like misogyny, like a patriarchal society, feminism. I mean, these are all ideologies. That's true. Um, Good point. So that may be a way to distinguish between the two. Yeah. So what were oh. the original questions again? Yeah. Going back to the original questions. Um, what is it? What is it? How could it be harmful? And what can be done to help with it? Okay. So we're we're kind okay. of 
stumbling through what is it but i think we're getting <laughs> we sure are <laughs> holy smokes this is the best podcast yet wait this is the true and <laughs> a uh, truth they're stumping us here a little bit um yeah for and i kind of went to look at something here too um it seems like it's also often used to describe exaggerated masculine traits that cultures have widely accepted or glorified. Um, so maybe more the manliness is based on strength or lack of emotion, self-sufficiency, dominance, and this is sexual virility. Um, but the overemphasis of those traits may lead to a lot of harmful imbalances um, if someone's trying to live up to those expectations. But anyways, I just, yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around it a little bit and trying to get a concept in order to move forward. So yeah, anyways, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Welcome to our podcast for therapists learn. <laughs> right? yeah. We're therapists learning about something in real yeah. time, everybody. Yeah. This is how we use Google. <laughs> yeah. How therapists yeah. use Google. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, no, it's a really good question though. Like, um, because we do throw the terms around, um, but to give it like a concrete definition seems a bit harder in this moment. Could be because it's Thursday night or yeah. Could be, yeah, or yeah. it could just be but, that, you know, go ahead, bro. No, go finish your thought. I was just going to say, yeah, I think it is. I think it is a complex topic. I think a, a lot of issues regarding gender are difficult to, to kind of wrap your head around and uh and this one like you said it's been kind of used it's this is not a, a psychological term you know this is a sociological or pop cultural term that uh you know there's no there's no toxic masculinity diagnosis so this is not like something that we learned about in graduate school necessarily um but it's definitely something that we hear about in, in pop culture and something that Everyone, I think, hears it and kind of nods their head and goes, yeah, okay, I, I get that. But for us to really define it, I think, is a, is a different story. It becomes a little yeah. more challenging. And I think we see it in the counseling room, right? Whether that's directly or indirectly, meaning uh, somebody who's being impacted by toxic masculinity in another way or the client themselves or struggling with, right? So, um, like, I'm, I'm thinking if there's men who are struggling with wanting to be more open or uh, open to their partners or emotions or whatnot but if they're feeling pressure from other people yeah. or um workplaces traditional traditional male or masculine workplaces and the culture there so sure. up here if it's like labor force um the fellas working down on the docks it's a bit more of a masculine culture and how that that would then play into their own mental health right Certainly. and their own connections and what they might be bringing home and then how that ripples out absolutely yeah i think it's yeah it's kind of easier to think of examples i guess maybe than the definitions right exactly. so think of the guys on the mm -hmm. sports team who who talk you know push guys towards dangerous behaviors and, uh, and, you know, so potentially self-harming behaviors, you know, Hey, let's, let's drink some more. Let's, uh, let's, you know, go, man up. let's man up. Let's go score some chicks tonight or whatever that yeah. might be. That sort of idea of let's go conquer things and people. Right. 
that certainly would be constituted as toxic masculinity, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And having, you know, working, if you're working with a young male who's on that team where that's not the messaging, like doesn't align with their moral compass, that's going to create conflict, especially if that person is a teenager and they're just trying to find like a social network and a sense of belonging and connection. And then that, that's a really strong driving force for them to potentially act against their own values and morals and beliefs. Absolutely. Very yeah, tough. that's no good point. So there's the challenge for the, on the male side, right? Maybe, maybe this society or this, uh, this culture, the subculture that I'm involved with might be pushing me towards things that I don't really feel or match up with my values or are not healthy for me. But then of course, there's the impact on everybody else, right? So the woman who walks by the construction site and gets uh, catcalled and whistled at and all that, that's certainly not pleasant for her or the, the woman who is, uh, or the, or the, the guy who's going to get bullied by, by the, 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 the sports team or something like that. Hey, go, go pick on that guy, go take his money, whatever it might be. Um, there's certainly a lot of victims to this sort of, uh, this mindset, aren't there? Mm-hmm. And like also in just wanting to throw in there, um, if there's, yeah, homophobia mm-hmm. or, you know, if, um, yeah, gay men or, you know, if you, you know, and if there's this, if they don't fit the traditional masculine, uh, you know, and the harm to them possibly by, yeah, in some sure. situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you come across as too, too kind or too nurturing or whatever it might be, what would be considered more traditional feminine qualities then you know, that's looked down upon, um, by, you know, again, that toxic masculinity uh, mentality. Certainly. Do you feel that this is being perpetuated in the media? Just, I'm curious, like, I I don't know, like if we were to do, or if there is, I'm sure there's studies about it, but I'm not familiar with them to look at um, popular media now versus popular media, say 20 years ago. I would venture to think those traits were more common in, in media, so movies or TV shows or music mm-hmm. and different things. I would think it was more common 20 years ago than it is now. I would hope that it's changing or on that route, but I'm curious if you guys had a best guess just observationally. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I grew up watching like some of the, like the John Hughes movies in the eighties, you know, uh, weird science breakfast club. And, you know, some of those kind of fun, lighthearted movies that 16 candles, some of those that don't, don't age very well. I mean, in, in a lot of those movies, there's a lot of sexism going on a lot of, uh, uh, some sort of subtle and even not so subtle racism going on and certainly some homophobia there. And it's, I, and, I love those movies. It's, it's, it hurts me to say it, but it's a uh, it's it's a truth that we just can't deny. I mean, these are movies that I, I loved, but I don't know that I'm going to let my kids. I don't, I'm not going to want my kids to watch them anytime soon. Mm-hmm. They do promote some really harmful messages that I guess I was on a steady diet of those growing up, you know. And then that just perpetuates those traits, right? Yeah. And if you as a male don't have those traits, I'm wondering if then you start to feel like something's wrong or that you're outcast or different, don't fit in, 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, some of those shows too, growing up, even like uh, uh, Married with Children, like those types of shows were, um, again, very stereotypical um, of toxic masculinity there, kind of degrading to women and um, emotionally disconnected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's true. How how do you think it forms, by the way? I mean, if you have any thoughts on why why do we have this toxic masculinity in the first place, do you think? That wasn't one of your original questions, but I'm I'm curious where yeah. where do you think this sort of a thing came from? So you do you mean like beyond uh some of the stuff we already talked about already, like uh like the pop culture or yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, or, um, what's, what's the psychology, like the you know why why would this become a phenomenon you know why are we not talking about toxic femininity you know that, that's just a term we don't hear about so what do you think it is in in male uh history male yeah. upbringing male um yeah. evolution well, that is uh that's causing uh, this totally and yeah I, mm -hmm. Go i just say like you know what jumps out is just yeah, evolutionary, being strong, being able to dominate, like you're, you know, that allowed you to kind of continue on and um, be alive and kind of pass on your genetics. And I think it's a very, in a lot of ways, is a very, and still is, um, not still is, it's being fought against, but a male dominated culture, right? And I think it's, I think I, those things were kind of perpetuated a long time ago. Um, and that's changing over these decades here and continues to be um, challenged in a lot of ways. But I think it was a survival thing or the, the, the strongest, the fittest, and those big strong um, traits were seen as good. Um, and I think smarts were in there as well. It wasn't just a strong person, but it just seems like men were held on a higher pedestal. I don't know, that's what comes to mind for me, but just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I think uh, power and control. And I think it definitely um, very similar to what Joanna said there. So they got to kind of set the tone there, develop the systems mm -hmm. that favored males. So it's kind of the whole idea of the patriarchy there. Mm -hmm. um, along the way, though, it uh, and we obviously we've seen many examples of it over the uh, course of history that that men had um, certain privileges that women did not have. So and this would carry on. Of course, we, we see it uh, go on from generation to generation because we grow up in it and we. Were very impressionable at younger ages, so I think the males would would teach the younger boys kind of how to act and how not to act. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's true. You mentioned uh, alpha male, and uh, maybe a reason why it's um, it still persists today is that in some some ways it has worked for guys to perpetuate those those types of traits. And I think it maybe rewards uh, those who can embody those traits moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. um, so not tapping into that more of the, the, the compassionate side of yourself and being more harsh or tough or dominant. Yeah, you know, or again, I think we're delving into more sociology here, but sure. But um, there's a system, and then if you abide by it, you get rewarded for it, right? So it takes a takes a lot to kind of change that. So there are some uh, systemic forces here. Obviously, as therapists, we're going to talk about ways in which we can target our clients and yeah, 
and whatnot and offer some advice um, for those listening who can maybe maybe help with this but it's definitely it's uh it's been this way for a while right absolutely and and you're right chris i mean just speaking of the psychology of like reward and and punishment that sort of thing there are a lot of dominant alpha male types with a lot of toxic masculinity traits at least here in the states who make it very far <laughs> they they rise to the top of their profession or their government or their you know community um because they're hard to stop and uh and it's kind of reinforced just through i guess people not getting in their way to stop them um so i hear what you're saying i think there's there's a lot of truth to that so so what can we do uh, so back just another piece to this i want to add is i mean i mentioned my dissertation talking about the positive benefits of group uh but i also do believe that it's certainly pos possible in groups um groups are very influential and and I think for everybody, um, but I can I can certainly remember times in my own life when being a member of a group, whether that's a sports team or just a group of guys, um, things can start to to go out of hand pretty quickly. Sometimes, you know, guys can kind of, you know, kind of try to one up themselves with what's going to be the more wild and crazy thing, what's going to be the more rebellious thing, what's going to be the more you know the the boundary pushing thing that's going to uh, give you that status of being a little little crazier, a little bolder. And uh, man, it's easy, easy to get caught up in that. And that's not an excuse. It's just an explanation of like how sometimes that can happen. And I think we've seen that a lot, even in the last year of people kind of acting out in ways that uh, may have been influenced by their group membership more than what they would have done as an individual. For sure. Yeah, Okay. I, I think um, I was gonna say too that uh, again, I got to delve into it just a little bit today because it was my topic, but uh, I think the APA um, has been spending a bit more time focusing on this and, of course, the harmful impacts of it. Um, but sometimes we talk about the whole idea of um, healthy masculinity, and often they define that by certain traits, right? Um, so, for instance, leadership, perseverance, things like that, right? And I'm, I'm curious, like, do you think that it's fair to distinguish or is it um, is it helpful to distinguish these or, or create these these traits that are stereotypically um, female or male? I was just thinking that as you said it, right? Like there's healthy masculinity is perseverance. I'm like, so women can't persevere? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I came across that and I was kind of curious about that. Kind of weird. How about just human traits? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gosh. Again, it gets into a very dicey area um, at, at some points, right? I know that like Chris, you mentioned Jordan Peterson before and he has some certain ideas on controversial ideas about uh, uh, gender roles and and how is it uh, Norway or Sweden? I'm not sure. Uh, one of the countries there where they said everybody is is free to do whatever job they want. You can you, you don't have to fit a certain stereotype. You know, there's nothing's going to um, hold you back or restrict you from pursuing any type of career that you want. 
And, and with that, women still tended to gravitate towards caregiving roles, teaching, nursing, uh, healthcare stuff. And men tend to gravitate towards more, uh, you know, like hands-on engineering, uh, business, that sort of thing. And so, and his, his statement is that in a completely equal society where everyone has equal opportunity, there's still going to be some gender differences. Um, so how that pertains to this topic, you know, that's, what what is healthy masculinity? What is, what is healthy femininity? I guess I would try to go with what are what are healthy human qualities, but I think they're going to manifest themselves in different ways, you know, um, based on individual differences and maybe generalizably towards uh, towards men and women as well. You know, being a good leader, I think that's a good that's a great one, right? I think we all would say that it's a good idea for us to be good leaders. But how we're how we're going to be a good leader might manifest in different ways. Yeah. Men might lead in, in one capacity, women might lead in another capacity. And I don't think we should be restricted in what how we do that, but it's uh yeah. No, no, I I agree with you. I, I think you agree with three. I think it was the APA chief of professional practice, Jared Skillings. He talked about we don't only just focus on the negative traits, we want to help foster these traditionally associated masculine uh, traits as well and try to foster that such as courage, leadership, and protectiveness. And I thought that was really interesting because um, it's often, it's kind of within that same paradigm that you're trying to break a bit, right? Mm -hmm. is, is defining uh, masculinity with traits that are very human qualities, right? Um, but interesting topic. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Ryan, as you were talking about that study, my head was thinking about all the holes of that study. I didn't read the study, so I only know what you have just mentioned about it, but like, sure, they probably did pick these occupations, but let's look at their lineage. What occupations did their, their female lineage have and mm -hmm. did that influence their decision? Um, their early childhood experiences of were the women expected to take care of their other siblings while men were it's actually know, not a, it's actually something. not a study brooke it's actually that's the, the way the society works and it's been that way for generations so generations yeah, yeah. They, they so go for it yeah. yeah but but i you know but again all your stuff still applies you know there still could be exactly. early childhood influences and there could be um yeah. you know my grandmother was a nurse so i want to be a nurse too sure and sure, I mean, somebody can lift the like the, the limitations that we have, whether they're invisible or visible, right? Like there's toxic masculinity or glass ceilings or these different things. Sure, women, it's getting better where uh, there is hopefully closer to equal pay and like, or they say it is, you know, there's all these different steps, but um, that doesn't take away like, kind of the that more invisible part of it like they they lifted the visible reasons why they weren't able to do these jobs previously now women are welcome to do them but the invisible reasons are still there mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense i would be mm -hmm. interested in that to yeah that would take some investigation as into um some studying about why women are choosing what they're choosing and 
where they got that idea from and very yeah. true it's interesting yeah no kidding so let's get to this this final question here asking for people who weren't really sure the definition of toxic masculinity what do you think we can do to conquer it to <laughs> defeat it to, to maybe that's mask toxic masculine <laughs> verbo verbology for that but um what can we do uh about toxic masculinity do you think my my impression of this is that you know we're um for, for men there or boys they're learning to act a certain way and there's again these stereotypical ways of being a man which is again, can be very degrading to, to women as well as can cause a lot of issues in terms of uh, suppression of, of emotions and other maybe great personality traits that you that you have, right? So I think a lot of this is actually encouraging uh, guys to to kind of be themselves, like to to to, um, to share those those thoughts, to share those feelings, to, uh, to, to maybe tap in and demonstrate more of those nurturing and compassionate qualities. We're changing, also changing the language, even as you just said that, right? Like what it means to be a, a man or a good man and the lessons around that. But what, as Joanna mentioned, what does it mean to be a good person? It's, the sure. lessons aren't what it means to be a good man or how to grow into the, it's, yeah, how, let's teach all of our, our young persons how to be good people. Yeah. So maybe not seeing the genders as much, but it's just being a good human being, a good individual yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think that that will even just help it just down the route of you know uh people who end up identifying as transgender you know they're not going to have these gender norms that they need to kind of fit into or they can feel like they're i can yeah i don't know they're not going to have that stigma i know that's changing these days um ever so slowly which is great but at least they're if we just focus on the person versus how to be yeah. a good female or male then those people who identify differently won't feel maybe so you know judged or out of the ordinary yeah know. no good point mm -hmm. i think the, the the word vulnerability pops into my mind as well you know i i think some of these stereotypical male um you know this whole masculinity piece is try not to be or vulnerable and trying to sh shove that away and put that away and maybe comes out more in destructive ways like anger um disrespect and whatnot so we've talked before during this podcast about the great work of Brene Brown and and uh finding the courage to be imperfect as well as embrace that vulnerability I also think too of um how many people you think of how many uh, couples and families suffer from the lack of of meaningful communication so within these again relationships or families just um my mind kind of goes there too is trying to help um boost communication mm -hmm. um, communication skills there's another angle to this that is maybe not as popular or not as often spoke about um but i see this a lot with with some of the the guys I've worked with, frankly, and that is that that at the root of a lot of this uh, 
anger and negative behavior and maybe toxic masculinity is, is actually a lot of fear. Um, a fear and a, a lack of understanding, like, like for a lot of, a lot of these guys, I would imagine, um, they're actually scared of that, that, of the power that women can have over them. <laughs> like it, it's, 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 I know it's ironic. It's, I'm not giving an explanation or an excuse, but the, the power that attraction can give or the power that women have at being able to articulate themselves better and be more in touch with their emotions and all of that stuff is, is intimidating. And a lot of times guys just say, well, then I'll just, you know, talk down to you or I'll, I'll, instead of facing that fear in a healthy way, they just say, I'll just dominate you then. Um, and then we've seen that a lot with, with a lot of the race stuff over the last year. There's a lot of just people don't understand other people's experience. And even with homophobia and the transgender stuff, like people have never, maybe never met someone who's transgender. They don't know their story. They don't know what's going on in their lives. So I would say a lot, a bit more understanding, kind of getting out of your own bubble and trying to understand the experience of the other can make a big difference here. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to be brave when you've got 12 guys who are all standing behind you saying, yeah, man, go beat that guy up or something. But when you actually sit down one-on-one -on -one and talk with somebody and get to understand that, Hey, that's a person too. And they've got their own story and, and they have their own insecurities and their own fears and all that stuff it makes a big difference. For sure. Absolutely. I just believe a lot of that, 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 that discriminatory behavior is, is an ignorance and a lack of understanding of what, where the people are coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Dalai Lama, a pretty wise guy, he mentioned, as uh, people always ask him, how can I improve the world? How can I make this place a better place to live? Uh, how can I make an impact? And he always says, start off with your, your family, your friends, your social network, right? And I think there's an element there of, you know, you mentioned that kind of group mentality and it takes a lot of strength, um, human strength to, uh, to maybe call out people who, who are acting this way. Mm -hmm. The calling, calling those people out and saying, hey, that's not really cool. I don't, that isn't, you know, I don't agree with that, right? Um, that can create a bit of a ripple effect as well. So I think, uh, you know, um, connecting with with people, you know, obviously today you talk about the guys and um, people that you know, it could be, again, family members, it could be your students, it could be um, people in community and trying to foster those connections and, and kind of show them a different way of, of acting. Any little bit helps, right? Trying to help people become more aware and uh, and reach out a little bit, starting with your own community. Might not, not might not need a global campaign right now, but even just in your family today, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I mentioned uh, what kind of prompted this idea was this principal reaching out to Joanna and I, and uh, he was saying that it's it's happening not necessarily in person but online. And how difficult it is to control it sure. when it's out there. So obviously this is more of a, again, a systemic issue or societal issue, but having some more safeguards online to, to target um, that type of hate. 
Well, guys, challenging topic here tonight. Way to uh, way to wake us up on a Thursday night with uh, a lot of you know difficult, challenging ideas here, Chris. But thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, I think once we got the definition sorted out, I think uh, we got rolling there. <laughs> oh just, man, just have to know what we're talking about. That's mm. all. That's all. I think it's a it's a big topic. I think there's a lot that there's so many different layers in that, and and I think it's a good one, and maybe even something to revisit at another time. Well, it's it's like a lot of things that we talk about. You know, the answer is is not just a clear cut one you know, cut and dry sort of a thing. It's always, it depends. And, and we got to look at it from all these different angles, psychology, sociology, history, evolution, all these different ways to look at this. So it's a very complex topic. So the fact that we actually presented it, defined it, and then solved it within an hour is really amazing to me. <laughs> wow. What an amazing group this is. No, still a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, a true ambush. There we go. Yes, unbelievable. Yeah, All right, well, guys, we gotta go. Uh, don't forget, everyone, book club. The book is together. We will start reading it now. If you feel like following along, and we will do a book club in three weeks. Uh, but for now, like and subscribe on Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, or YouTube. Send your questions to info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell a friend or two. And have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm going to go to the hospital.